1: Hey folks, Sangram here. We are so, so lucky to have today's conversation going. So, and today with me, I have Pat Lancioni. Uh, Pat and I, we met, met up a few, like almost like last year. I think that was my last trip back, uh, back to San Francisco. And I was glad, so glad we spent about three hours together. So, we'll chat more about that. But we're going to talk about working genius. And, and this is something, I did an assessment on this one. So I'm excited to drive, uh, jump right into it in a second. And in the coming weeks, we are going to have uh, really fascinating, like we do this every Wednesday. So we're going to have uh, Michael Kostov. He's with Salesforce. He's their GM. He's going to talk about real stories in the business world, how they're rebooting for 2021. Uh, one of my favorite ones also with Seth Godin. Uh, we're going to talk about the marketing framework that, that he put out there. He wrote a book. Guess what? This is marketing. So we're going to chat about that. And then we're going to have Daniel Pink. This is actually a recorded session we did. And I just wanted to play the recorded session when we when we do it. So if you, there's a link up there where you can request just one-click registration for all the events coming up, that way you don't have to keep registering for every one of them. And we should have a lot of fun doing that. So with that, let me welcome, and please help me welcome, Pat Lanzioni, how are you doing, Pat?
0: It is great to be here. It is fantastic to be able to be on the podcast. You're, you have a great audience, and um, I'm so excited to talk to you about this.
1: Oh, man, it is fascinating. I'm like, I have the assessment right in front of me. And I was, I was telling you before the recording, I was laughing uh, because I was like, oh, this is why, you know, some people might get frustrated with me, or this is why I get frustrated. So they're just So much truth in that one. So for people who don't know you, let me just quickly introduce you because I know this is the most excruciating part of everything is like hearing about yourself. I'll uh, just check out here for a few minutes. I'll embarrass you for for just a minute. But uh, Pat is one of the founders of the Table Group and he's a pioneer of uh, organizational health. And I love that part of like organizational health because we need, as an organization, a better way to figure out how we're doing. And everybody has different challenges. Uh, he's authored over 11 books, uh, over 6 million copies sold. So he's very well known. He has done a really, really cool stuff. And he really has been focused on leadership, teamwork, and organization health, also from a consulting with executives. So really, really cool to have you, Pat. And and one of the most fascinating things about you is that last time, you and I were just meeting with because of Cody, Uh, for a few minutes. And we ended up spending like three hours together. That was fun.
0: Oh, yeah. You made quite an impression on us. You know, (laughs) I remember when we first heard about Flip My Funnel, we're like, what is that? I don't quite. And this is so much more than people could have imagined. It's wonderful. I mean, your listeners already know that.
1: Oh, it's been it's been a lot of fun. Thank you for sharing that. And towards the end, as you as folks, we are going to have the assessment that we're going to talk about that's going to blow your mind we're going to have some special for you. And, and Pat and his team just did this for us, for the listeners of this podcast and, and live stream. So just stick around for that one because that's going to be really cool. So let me just quickly welcome a few folks over here. Um, and this is fun. So I'm using StreamYard um, that you can also see, Pat, over here. You can see uh, Karen Steele is here. Karen, good to see you. Uh, Kaleem is here. Uh, I love that. Sandy's here. Nancy, um, hi from Texas. Jay, he's the global VP of marketing for Paul Mueller. Amazing guy. Love that he's also in peak community. A lot of peak community uh, Flip members over here. Christine in Atlanta. Oh, this is so excited to hear about the next book from one of my favorites. So Aww. maybe drop in over here, folks. What is one of your favorite books of Pat? Uh, because here here, here is I got, and this is going to be, again, embarrassing moment for you, but fun for me. Um, is like this one that I got. This is actually one of my favorite, the five dysfunctions of the team. So that just brings us to this idea of working genius. So let's get right to it, Pat. What was it? What was that moment or reason that got you to think about this idea of like, all right, there got to be a better way to find your working gifts? I love that you asked that because I'm
0: always curious, like, when I talked to somebody like that, like, are, were you just sitting around trying to come up with something? And, and almost everything I've ever come up with was accidental. Of course, there's no accidents, you know, God blesses us yeah. with ideas and stuff, but I was sitting in this building, which is across the parking lot. This is kind of our innovation center. We call it it's a little house and upstairs from here. And, and I was, I will just tell you, I I had been mildly frustrated in my job for 20 years, even though I loved what I was doing. It was, it was a, the company I founded with a, a few friends and, I loved my work, but I I would find myself frustrated more often than I should have. And so there mm-hmm. I was, three and a half months ago, upstairs. I was on a uh, a Zoom call with with about three hundred or four hundred people, Catholic priests and their teams, doing a webinar about how to lead better parishes, right? Yeah. And so I'm, I it's basically a speech, and I'm interacting and answering questions. We close that down, and then I get on the the the, the a Zoom call with the team that organized it and I'm giving them feedback and I'm having to push them a little bit and stuff. And then we closed that down and I turned to Amy, my co-founder and I said, Amy, I have this idea. We should do this thing for our podcast. And I think we should do this. And and she turned to me and she said, why are you like that? (laughs) Why do you do what you do? And I said, I don't know, but half of it, I love half of it drives me crazy. And I wish I could figure it out. And so she and I just started talking and then we walked across the street to our other, um, building and started talking to a couple of colleagues. And four hours later on a whiteboard, I, I had just written this model that we'd come up with in talking about it. And, oh and we were like, this, this might be something, I don't know what this is. Yeah. And then I went home that night and I was having a call with one of our consultants, a zoom call. And I wrote it on the board. I said, Hey, look at this thing we came up with today. And the next morning he shared it with a CEO who was struggling and he said, Hey, wait a second. I heard this thing last night from Pat. And he wrote it on his whiteboard on the Zoom call. And the CEO had tears in his eyes. And he said, This explains everything. And and so in a in a period of 24 hours, we went from nothing to something that a client was like, This is blowing my mind. Yeah. Said, Maybe there's something here. So that's a long answer <laughs> to a short question, but it, it was just three and a half months ago.
1: Yeah. Like, and I could see it. So I've talked to Cody like probably two or three times since then. And every time he would bring in a whiteboard. And and this is a treat for everybody who's watching and listening. Uh, uh, Pat is going to actually pull the whiteboard in a second and actually walk us through it. So this is actually going to be get your pen and paper ready ready, because you're going to learn so much. You're going to walk away with something that you can actually put in practice and and know what's going on.
0: And for those people that are just listening, I'll describe it well enough that you'll be able to, to, to write it down as
1: well. Yeah. And so Cody mentioned something and I wanted to get to it before we get into the framework. He said, this has completely changed the way you and everybody in your business is operating and how the conversations are happening. Like, get us, take us into it. Like how, how has it been changed for you? So, so, you know, the model is
0: that there's six geniuses that all people have that are all required to do anything, whether you're launching a product or going to market, you know, or you're starting a business, or you're organizing your family, or running a school, or a church, any kind of activity, planning a vacation with your family, any activity, any work requires six different talents and six different activities. And as it turns out, we all have two that we love, that we do naturally, God-given talents that give us energy, two that we are terrible at and that drain us of our energy and two in between that we can do fairly well for a while, but they're not the things we really want to do, but we can. The point here is that when we finally figured out what those were, we organize reorganized our entire company. And Hmm. I realized the reason why I was frustrated, Sangram, was because I was doing something all the time that I didn't love doing, but people always turned to me and said, you do that. And I go, (laughs) okay, I guess I have to do that. And yeah. it, it was draining me over time. We figured out that we had people in our company that had that genius yeah. that could do that instead of me. They could do it better. They got energy from it. They did it naturally. It allowed me to focus on the things I'm best at. Yeah. Without that language and that insight, we had no idea how to reorganize. Yeah, And, and it's been a mind blower that in three and a half months, it's totally changed the way we work. And we've been in business for... You know, 23
1: years. That is that is so crazy. And 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 that's why I love the practicality of it. So get you we're gonna go through my quick assessment in a in a bit too, as you describe all these six, because I was laughing out loud this morning, like, oh, this is why, you know, this is why I I got (laughs) and I got to meet your wife
0: this morning, which I was was a thrill, Mamit. And we realized she fills in, you know, that the idea here is when you work on a team you fill in the gaps together. You're like, hey, I'm good at this one. You're good at that one. Let's organize this so we can play into our strengths. And it, it's fun to look at like what Mamit has strengths are and what yours are and how that works as a family.
1: Oh, thank God she has those strengths because otherwise uh, I'll be bankrupt. And like, the, like it's, it's a really, really, really bad thing for me. Uh, real quick before we walk into, and I want you to describe this in the whiteboard the best way you, you can. You use the word gift over talents. And I'm curious: Was that a conscious choice, or you look at that as no? Those are the same things, or there is a bigger idea behind the word gift? Well, there,
0: there, we it, we do interchange them. But a gift is something we believe you are give you are. This is you're naturally endowed with these gifts. And yeah. people have asked. I mean, this is only three and a half months old, but I can remember in the earliest parts of my life loving to do these things. Mm. I think I was born with them, and I think they're. And that's why you know. For those out there that have a, a faith background, you know, pride is the root of all sin. And when we're yeah. good at something and we go, yes, I'm so important. It's like, no, that was a gift given to give you. You're supposed to use it. It's yes. not, I don't, I can't take credit for my two strengths, my geniuses, but it's, yeah. it is a natural gift I have. So I need to do something good with it. And, yeah. and we're not meant to live in our frustrations. All mm-hmm. of us have to do things we don't love, but if we're going to work every day and we're spending most of our time in our two areas that frustrate us. Yeah. That's not how we're meant to live. Uh, so, uh, so that's why we use gifts, but it, it is somewhat interchangeable with talents, but they're, they're God given.
1: Yeah. And, and, and I, I love that. I, I honestly, I'm glad you use the word gift because it creates the mindset for me was that it is, it is not a moment of pride that sometimes would take over the ability to execute and serve others it's a moment of responsibility and grace that allows me to use it in a way that effectively would would help and serve others. Exactly. And when you, and when someone gives you a gift, you rejoice
0: in that and be happy with that. And we should be like, wow, I have these gifts. And so many people are frustrated in their lives because they're not using the gifts they've been given. And we we, we priced this low. People said, why didn't you price there? Because we want everyone. We want a dad or a mom to go. I'm going to have my kids in high school take this because I want them to figure out what their gifts are. And I want to know what their gifts are. This can change someone's life and mm-hmm. avoid them feeling guilty. You know, Sangram, I always felt guilty about one of my lowest areas, which is one of your lowest areas, too. And I uh, thought, does that mean I'm lazy or I'm irresponsible? And it's like, actually, no. Yeah. This allows me to celebrate others that have that gift, to acknowledge in humility that I don't, and then and to avoid unnecessary guilt around who I am. Wow. So this is a hugely, so many people have said that the aha moment and the liberation they've had about understanding this, and this can be really life-changing.
1: Yeah, I love this. I love this, man. Dad, so let's jump into it. Share the five, share the six working genius. And, and also just use your whiteboard to, to do, because this is like a workshop. This is a masterclass for anybody who's kind of listening to this right now. All oh, this, this
0: is so much fun.
1: Okay. So I roll, I'm rolling around here to the whiteboard. Yeah. And for those
0: people, for those people that are on um, podcast only, this will still make sense for you. Okay. So there's these six types of working genius. They're not only a good individual tool for understanding yourself, but they're also a good way to look at any kind of work product. When you get work done, and, and though work is never purely linear, we go back and forth and jump around, there's a linear way that this model works. Yeah. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to explain it in the six linear ways, okay? Yeah. All right. So the first type of working genius is what we call wonder. Wonder. The genius of wonder. Now, most people that have this genius don't even realize it's a genius. And it, this one often gets overlooked. But people with the genius of wonder – have the capacity, the desire, the joy of sitting and thinking and and reflecting and pondering. And what they're pondering is like, is this the way things should be? Could this be better? Is there something going on here that we're not noticing? My co-founder, Amy, loves to sit and wonder about why things are the way they are. In fact, this whole product, this whole program came about because she turned to me one day and she said, why are you the way you are? (laughs) And and that's the question. People that that have this genius say, why and why not? And could this be better? They don't necessarily know the answer, but that's okay. It starts with the question.
1: Yeah. In fact, you know, what's interesting about the assessment that I took that you shared with me was it actually I mean, this is this is so good. This is so helpful for me. It literally says, what might these people be asking and and yeah. that's frustrating. That is frustrating. It's frustrating when somebody asks those kind of questions. It's almost annoying because you're like, why are you asking that? But without them, it, you, you'd be missing a big part of it. Sankar, we launched this
0: two days ago. We've already gotten a, a note back from somebody who took it who said their whole life they were in jobs where people said, why Why do you keep asking why? You just need to get on board. And he goes, I always felt terrible. And I realized, no, I was just exercising the gift I had, which is to consider those things. And, and Sangram, I was with a group of, you know, multi-billion dollar company, a software company last week. And the executive team did this, this um, assessment and none of them had this genius. Mm-hmm. Nine executives, nobody had this. And six of them had it in their bottom two. Wow. And so we were explaining how important it is to ponder and they are in innovation, they do software and they're, they're kind of behind the curve on that and the cfo said you know something if we don't start pondering if we don't start having 2 hour meetings without powerpoint slides without an agenda and just talk about what's going on and what we're noticing we're never going to get caught back up to the market
1: oh, man i love that i love that so All we right. got
0: to find the people in our organizations who wonder who ponder and and actually encourage that and benefit from that now that doesn't mean every day is a day to ponder there are times when you're in the go-to-market you're toward the end of it and the wonderer yeah. said hey i'm wondering and we're like hey hold that thought i don't think we're in wondering phase right now yeah, <laughs> I think that's, you-
1: really, that's really interesting because it's, it is by phases like there is a reason to not cross over to another phase a lot of times i think when i went through the assessment i felt like Oh, sometimes I personally would just cross over to the end of it and, and realize, why are nobody coming along here? Why am I alone on this end of it? Did we talk about it? So that was a, a big moment. So I don't want to steal the thunder on the other parts. So keep going. Okay.
0: So the gift of wonder is important, but they identify a need or a missing potential. But the next genius is necessary, and that's the genius of invention.
1: And as, as Pat is writing down, just drop it in the comments, folks, as you're listening. What do you think you are? And I think it will evolve as you hear the other one. So just, just if you think wonder is your genius, just drop in wonder over there. Or if you think okay. inventor is your genius, just drop in and, and see if it changes. Because for me, it was, I thought I was here, but when I did it, I'm like, no, it, it makes sense. I'm actually here, exactly. Right. You know, um, invention, you and I both share this. This is,
0: this is one of your areas of genius. And by the way, it's hard to admit that because these are the ones that people say, they're a genius. They're all geniuses. This is just the one that gets the most attention. Like, oh, they came up with the idea first. But without the other types, if Amy hadn't said to me, hey, why is is that? I would have never invented something.
1: That is so good to hear. That is so good to hear.
0: But so the genius of invention is people like you and I that love to come up with new ideas. Novel, creative, original thinking. In fact, we would prefer a blank whiteboard with a problem. Then
1: like I would, without a whiteboard, I would feel like I'm, I don't have any arms. Like, it literally <laughs> feels like that crazy. if I don't have a whiteboard walking around me. So I have, I have a whiteboard in my basement. I have a whiteboard here. I have, like, every – I would write on the walls accidentally because I'm just thinking that way.
0: I, I wish I could – I should slide around our camera. The entire wall I'm looking at is whiteboard, and the, all the walls upstairs are whiteboard. And people come in here and go, why don't you just spray paint the whole darn thing? And, um, <laughs> because that's how we think. and we And we naturally – are constantly coming up with new ideas and you know it's a genius of yours when you're doing it even when it's not necessary
1: <laughs> oh i love it i love it like now james for example he's the C- he's the cmo of crm next he's like this is already so good and i'm seeing people type in uh christian over here saying he's an inventor so keep that coming because it's gonna change as you get to the next phases of these things right
0: so the inventor is necessary coming up with new ideas but that's not enough because not everything an inventor comes up with is good. Yes. They need the next step. And I love talking about the next one. It's called discernment.
1: Oh, this is good. So while you're writing that, I will tell what Cody shared to, to you and me. Is like, I went out to get a, uh, you know, just go and get something. And I ended up bringing a Jeep home. And my wife <laughs> was like, what are you doing? Why do we have a Jeep parked in, in the front yard? I'm like, I don't know. I think it's really cool. <laughs> So I like
0: the discernment part of it and discernment is just that kind of instinctive judgment about what the right thing to do is yeah. so like if the person with invention says hey i have an idea the person with discernment says oh tell me more about that oh okay wait no that's not a good idea or ooh, yeah this i think and it's it's intuitive it's integrative thinking it's not linear or data-driven they just have this sense about whether something is going to work or not, or they'll say, Hey, I think this is pretty good, but I think there's, I think you need to think more about these two ideas and the, the invention and the discernment is an iterative process of feedback and tweaking and, and adjusting.
1: Yeah. I, I think is, is, does, is there a frustration that happens between inventor and discernment? Because to me right now, I have. So one of the things that we have started doing is like in a, a small community for marketers, um, I've called it, called it the peak community. And a lot of folks over here are from that. And I have Judd as my partner and Judd is like the best discernment guy. Like he is, he's always asking me questions around it. And initially I was like, man, why is he doing that? Right. You know, it almost felt second guessing to me, Yes, but it wasn't, it was making my ideas better, not worse.
0: Well, that's the key to all this is recognizing you want people in their genius to help you. And, and that's why it's so important to understand what your geniuses are and what your frustrations are and the things in between, because now you can say, and people in our company say it all the time, I need your discernment. Bring, bring your D over here. I need to discern this with you. Mm-hmm. My wife will say that at home. Hey, Pat, can we talk? I need some discernment. And I know exactly what she means. She needs me to react to it. Where in the past, she would have said, why are you criticizing me? And I'm like, oh, I'm actually trying to serve you in the way God wired me. I want to ask questions and make sure that this idea you came up with will actually work. And this understanding, this is a difference between feeling second guessed and feeling served.
1: Yes. Like, I feel like without that, like I'd be doing, I'll have 10 Jeeps in front of my, I'll do things that (laughs) make no (laughs) sense. Uh, But in that moment, it just feels exciting. And because I feel like I'm I'm an inventor, as you said, is like, There are 50 billion ideas that are always popping in, but I know they're not all good. So discernment is almost the most important to get the best idea out there. Otherwise I will fumble all over. it.
0: You know what a lot of, this is so fascinating for innovation and marketing people. The first two wonder and invention are what we call that's ideation. Yeah. Right. Well, without discernment, You're going to come up with ideas and you're going to throw it to the end of the process. We talked to the head of or one of the senior innovators at one of the most innovative companies in America. Everybody has their products and knows their stuff. And he told us, you know, we just invent an idea and then skip right over to implementation. Mm. And we weren't doing any discernment. We weren't using the next two, which are we call activation. You have to activate things before you implement them. And without discernment, you're just throwing stuff against the wall and hoping it
1: sticks. Oh, man, I love that. I love that. So this is good. So you got wonder, somebody pondering, you got inventor who's coming up with it, because somebody asked that question. And as an inventor, you feel the need, almost the urge to address that, to solve that. And now you have discernment of multiple different ideas that you might have, that somebody could say, all right, you know, of the five things that you're thinking about, these two seem to have the greatest potential. So let's work on that.
0: Exactly. And And the discerner might say, oh, let me prevent you from driving off a cliff. Here's why here's why my gut tells me this is not a good idea. And you're like, thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Okay. So let's say the discerner says the discerner and the inventor go back and forth. And they're like, okay, this is a great idea. The discerner says now it's ready. Yeah. Somebody has to do the next genius, which is galvanizing.
1: Ooh, like this is, this is fun. And, and you know, where, where my strengths are. So I want to hear more oh, yeah. about
0: Well, anybody listening to this podcast or that knows you or knows of you knows that this is one of your strengths. You like to the galvanizer says, hey, everybody, come into the room. This is a fantastic idea. I want to tell you about it. Let's let's get moving. Let's take advantage of this because this is huge. Who's going to do what? Let's sign up. Let's they inspire. They they organize movement and they they recruit and enlist people. These are the people who get everything moving and create enthusiasm and support for things they galvanize it's so critical and sangram this is what i don't do naturally it's not one yeah. of my geniuses and yet every time we came up with a new idea i was starting to get depressed because i'd be like yeah. oh, <laughs> because
1: crap. You what all the work you have to do
0: i'm gonna have to galvanize this yeah. so we oh. looked in our company and i said cody chris you're galvanizers we hired a 22 year old kid who was a galvanizer and i said hey liam you're going to galvanize these people. And he's like, but they're like 20 years older than me. And they were like, we don't care. You're a galvanizer. We're not kick our butt. And so he's loving are, it.
1: Yeah. Like this is, this. Is, so our, as we get through this, can, do you see that people need to have all these six different types of people in the company in order for that company to thrive? Well, yes, they have to have all of these things represented, but, but let's just
0: say you're a five person company. and. Yeah. I mean, like my wife and I, there's two of us in a marriage that's still limited to two people, which I think, and so we can't possibly have all six, Yeah. but you have to know which ones my wife and I share one of them as our weak, both of our weaknesses. So it gives us perspective, like, okay, we're going to have to approach that differently. Hey, I'll tell you what, we've been married for 20, 28 or 29 years. And, um, We used to get in arguments all the time, and we both realize now, oh, neither of us had that genius. We don't even have it as a working competency, it's a weakness. And every time that came up, we'd be like, why didn't you do that? I thought you were going to do that. (laughs) And now we know that. So if you have a five person company and nobody wants to galvanize, what you do is you say, hey, okay, we know none of us do this naturally. Let's get really intentional, do it on purpose, and do it well. But let's know that we're acting outside of our natural genius. and that just gives you the permission to kind of grunt through it and realize, you know, I used to feel guilty. Like, why don't I want to do this? It's like, because yeah. it's not me. Yeah. So the you guilt have have
1: it, but you have to do it. Yeah. And the guilt is huge. I think that is the freedom that I felt in the process of it. That's why I laughed when I was reading this is like, oh. Finally, like this is great. I want to, I want to run to my wife and show it to me. This is why we had that conversation last night, right? Or, or my team think wow. that well, this is why I'm frustrated on, at times. But it, it almost feels like everybody needs to do it now. Let Let's just get. Like, I want to give a quick shout out to Liam. You're, like Wiki says, Liam the 20 year old galvanizer, love it. So Liam, you know, if he's there, like he's getting a shout out uh, by a lot of people over here. So let's keep let's keep going.
0: Okay, the next genius is the galvanizer galvanizes people, but somebody has to respond. And this next one is a huge genius and it's called the genius of enablement.
1: Okay. Now, is there is there a stopping point where you shouldn't go, like I'm thinking about the go-to-market programs, right? Where you have a new product, you want to launch a new product, somebody's thinking about the product, uh, trying to come up with the new product they want to do. Somebody's thinking, well, these things, this is the idea that we should really focus on. Now we need to go. Is there a process where you're like, well, you don't go to this enablement part unless you have the first two or three really tied up and agreed upon?
0: Yes, in fact, it's an interesting thing. We, Amy, in my company, she's she's strong in enablement and strong in discernment. And as mm-hmm. an inventor, I'll come to her with an idea, and she'll say, "Enablers, what they do, and enable is a good word." You know, yeah. we tend to think about like, "Oh, you're enabling an alcoholic or a drug addict or something like that." No, no. Enablement is enabling us to get to lift this program off the ground, to get it start implementing it. But sometimes Amy will come to me and I'll say, Amy, I have this idea. And she'll go, OK, what should we do? And I go, no, 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 no. I don't want you to enable this. I want you to discern it.
1: <laughs> so you have um, to, oh, you have to qualify. Oh, that's. Yeah. The-
0: and we'll say, put away the E for right now, because people that have the enablement gift are always they're readily available to, to they know how to help. They know how to come up alongside you and provide exactly what you need. Mm. And it's a total gift, one that I don't have at all. And as a man of faith, a follower of Jesus, I feel terrible. Like, does that mean I'm not helpful? No, here's what it means. When somebody comes to me and asks me for help, I don't help them on their terms. I go, wait, wait, tell me about the problem. Let me reinvent and rediscern what I think you really need. (laughs) So my wife is like, just do what I tell you. And it's
1: really hard for me to do that. (laughs) it's really hard to follow instructions because oh
0: Oh, it's and that's that's the whole thing and it's not that I don't have a a kind and generous heart it just totally wipes me out which means there are times when I have to do this and I have to hold on for dear life and go I'm just gonna help like like I'll go to church and go to some class they have and they'll say okay now we're gonna put the chairs away and we're (laughs) gonna line up and do it this way and I'm like looking around going this isn't Pat, just be quiet, be humble, and fold some chairs.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it pushes you. You know when I'm thinking also about going back to the go-to-market strategy, and there's a lot of marketers and sales leaders listening to this right now, Pat. And I'm, I'm thinking like the two people I think at Terminus that that I think are great enablers, and and we literally hired them in the last one year, and and that was a big sore part almost of. Why certain things are not happening. And their job title really is Lindsay, who is sales enablement. Her job is to enable wow. the sales people to, to actually win more deals. We we hire a person and now it's a department part of her. And then Mallory, her job is marketing operations or, or operations, revenue operations. So she's between marketing and sales and looking at all the revenue numbers and giving us guidance. Like, well, you know what, here's, here's what's going on. So I feel like they both are like the discernment enablement people, but without them, without them, it almost feels like the the ship will fall apart.
0: Absolutely. These are some of the most valuable people in your organization. And the people that have this gift often deny it. They'll say, oh, I'm just nice. I'm not that valuable. I just do things people ask. It's like, no, you have a gift of knowing how to, when somebody has a call to action, you go, I know how to provide what you need. I will come along right now. These are the most, some of the most valuable people on your team. And oftentimes they downgrade their own genius because yeah. they think it's easy and it's not, it's, it's truly a gift. I've worked with organizations that didn't have enablement and they're mm-hmm. like, how come we can never, we get the most exciting things and then nothing ever happens. It's like, yeah, cause nobody's a, nobody's coming along and saying, I'm going to help you do that. Yeah. I'm gonna oh, make wow. myself available. So, so these people I've been blessed to work with some world-class enablers hmm. who know how to provide exactly what's needed at the right time on the on the terms that are necessary. And I value them. It's crazy yeah. what they can do.
1: I love that. We're getting a whole bunch of questions. I'm holding on to that yeah, until to- we go through the sixth one. The,
0: okay. So the people that are the gifted at enablement, they they help. they they, they're responding to human need the last gift is people that just love to finish things and Mm -hmm. their their genius is making sure that things are completed they're done on time they're done to spec and that the results and the the outcome is achieved they like to wrestle things to the very very end and this is called the genius of tenacity
1: oh i I love that so as people are listening and drop in you got wonder, you got inventor, you got discernment, your galvanizer, enablement and tenacity. So drop in what you are and we will take questions. So drop in your questions as well. So to share more about tenacity, Pat.
0: Well, you and I both share this. Boy, we have the same very top and the same very bottom. Tenacity <laughs> is like, like. Uh, so I'm an author, right? And so, And I write fiction mostly. And I'll be writing a book and I just don't love to write the end. I'm like, okay, this has gone pretty well. And then my editor, Tracy, who works w- f- with me, she's one of our co-founders, she'll go like, she'll kick my butt and say, Pat, I love the book until here. The ending is terrible. You mailed it in. What are you doing? I know. I've gotten bored. I want to start writing the next one. She's like, yeah. no, I am going to make you finish this. We ha-, And she's the person who actually provided the tenacity on this project that we're doing now. Wow. She was like, we have to keep going. We have to. And so she spurs people to keep pushing and doesn't give in too early. And the Mm -hmm. genius of tenacity is powerful. Now, neither my wife nor I have this one. And I'll tell you, one day I came home from work and I walked inside and the the lights didn't go on. I said, hey, I think the power's out. Did, Did we have a power outage in the neighborhood? And she said, no. I said, well, what happened? She goes, well, we forgot to pay the electric bill. <laughs> now, there are people listening to this that have the genius of tenacity that are breaking out in hives just thinking about that, because that would never happen to them. But in our family, that would not be a big surprise. And I look back and I think, of course, neither she nor I love to stay on top of things like that.
1: Yeah. Oh, my God. That's, that, that would be a fun one. How long did it take for you to get the electricity back?
0: I think it took about a day, and 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 if that happened now, we would go.
1: Well, of course. Yeah. <laughs> uh, now you know. Now, all right. So this is great, and I'm I'm going to just start pulling in questions oh, I love that from uh, from folks. So just drop in your questions. Drop in uh, the type that you might be. You might think you are, because this is going to be fun. So so, but let me ask you one more one more thing, because I wrote down over here there when I went through the assessment. You mentioned like, yeah, you got your work competencies, your work genius, and then it was the two others. So that was really interesting how you divided those six into like, and look, it's you won't have all six, but even within those six, there are two that are your really gifts. So, so just walk us through those. those yeah.
0: Things. You know, I like to describe it like this. It's a, it's a lot about energy and joy and natural ability. But imagine that your first two are your, your working geniuses. Yeah. And that's like, imagine pouring hot coffee into a cup and then putting a lid on it. It's going to yeah. hold that energy and that heat for a long time. And, you know, in these, these new things they have now that our kids walk around with, you could screw that lid on it and it's going to stay hot for days. Yeah. Now, that's your working genius. Your working competencies are pouring coffee into that cup and not putting a lid on it. It'll hold it for a while and it'll stay warm, but it'll eventually dissipate. And heck, if you left it outside, it'll evaporate. So you, you yeah. can't keep the energy going there. Your working frustration, the last two, it's like pouring coffee into a cup that has a hole in the bottom of it. It's not going to hold it at all. You can barely, you can barely keep up with that. And so we have to know which things are naturally energizing to us and joyful, and that we're naturally good at, and which things just, I I was a bank teller in the summers of college. Now imagine me, you had to do things accurately, always finish and do whatever you were told. This was the nightmare job for me. And I would go to work every day and look at the clock, and I swear the hands would go backward. Yeah. you know now <laughs> when i'm doing things i love i will i'll be writing and i'll look at the clock and 3 hours will have gone by and i don't even realize because i'm totally in my groove and i love to do that the more we can identify our areas of working genius competency and frustration and and put more of ourselves into those the more work becomes a joyful experience. And we add to our teams.
1: You absolutely do. It's funny you said your job. My job, believe it or not, when I uh, was at Deloitte Consulting and I was doing audit. Oh, I worked in
0: internal audit for six months and it was the longest 10 years of my life.
1: Tell me about it. I was like, get me out of here It was audit and like, you know, some of the accounting work and some of the operate. I mean, oh. it was so wrong and so what? bad.
0: You probably, I mean, literally every day you were wilting.
1: Yes, uh, I, I think I lost weight. I like, I, I think I had more gray hair in the, in, in this, oh. in the early part of my life, and this was literally my f- almost the first job. And so I wanted to make an impression. I wanted to do the best thing possible. And I almost felt like, am I dumb? Am, I, am, am I'm. St- I'm. I was starting to become less smart than whatever level I was every day in my mind.
0: And and you know what's funny? So, and give, and go to somebody else and say, so your top areas are invention. You love to come up with new ideas and galvanizing people around them. There are many people in the world that go, hey, I'm going to give you a job where you need to come up with new ideas and get people excited. And they'll say, oh gosh, I I would hate that. My job would be miserable. And you go, what do you mean? That sounds fun. That's the idea. God makes us all differently. And the very things that drove me crazy about internal audit or management consulting when it was quantitative, other people are like, oh, please let me do that. I could do that so well. Yeah, And oh. so one of the things about this model is it prevents us from judging one another from saying, mm-hmm. you must not care very much because you don't, you're not very good at that. It's like, no, it's not that I don't care. It says I'm terrible at that because I'm not naturally gifted. So we look around at work and we say, if everybody here fits our culture, then how do we slide people into roles that tap into their natural gifts? morale goes up, productivity goes up, customers are happier, products are better. It's a beautiful thing. And it's where employee satisfaction and productivity and success coincide.
1: Oh, I love that. Now, there's a lot of questions around like, is where is the assessment? How can we take it? So I want to just drop in this link over here. It's, it's literally at events at tablegroup.com. Uh, six working genius. I will also email this uh, to the peak community after this. So if you're in that group, like you just, you'll you get it. And for the people who want to do assessment, I think uh, Pat and Cody were kind enough to create a really sweet offer. Um, if you use the promo code flip, it, I think you get like what 50% off. Yeah. Off it's, a, it's
0: And by the way, you could go directly to workinggenius.com also two G's in there, workinggenius.com and put in flip capital letters flip when you're as you're checking out and it'll take it from $25 to 12.50. I mean cool. so this All is right. my, and it's not only this one page that tells you what your what your results are, it's also a, a a report. It's qualitative too. You get to understand the different geniuses. There's video things in there to understand it better. It's 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 a process that's fun. You learn about yourself and we can't wait we, we, the, the, the comments we're getting back from people already are just so wonderful. Yeah,
1: it's so good, right? Let me just pull some of them, right? So is the assessment in the book? Well, the book has not come out yet. So Ben, you need to get the book out.
0: I was writing it last night. I'm going away tomorrow to start writing. Um, we're, I'm probably about 20% done, if that. But um, usually I write a book first, but we were so excited about this. We, we wanted people to benefit from this. The book will be a fiction story about how a guy kind of comes up with this.
1: Yeah. And, and I feel like you're probably going to have hundred thousand people who have done the assessment. So when your book comes out, it's just going to add more color and more richness to that conversation, because that's good. Uh, Kate is like, I'm learning discernment and I'm leaning discernment and galvanizing uh, engagement feel, or I would say enablement feels like a close third. Here's a question from Campbell. What about resilience? Well,
0: boy, I, I think that might be a different grid, you know, I mean, cause everybody, resilience is important in, in whatever you do and everybody needs to know how to temporarily do things that they're not great at. And maybe that's what we mean, what he means by that. Yeah. But, but the, the thing is when we're working in our natural genius, we are so much more energized and so much more, we can do three times more work and, and, and get joy out of it all the time. So you want to be resilient, but at some point. You know, I uh, let me this is a really important point, Campbell. I don't know if this is what you mean, but so my whole life I was actually raised to be the two things I dislike the most hmm. because because I'm not I don't have the gifts, the genius of enablement or tenacity. And and yet many people, when you're young, your parents tell you, do whatever I tell you and 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 finish things and do it on time. Yeah. And I. I always thought, gosh, I'm lazy, but I, let me tell you something, Campbell, I learned how to be successful by pushing on that. So you would probably say I was resilient, but I was swimming upstream for 20 years Mm. and it really kind of screwed me up because I'm actually capable of doing those things, but they, it really robs me of my joy. So I think at some point it's better to lean into your strengths rather than to constantly fight to be good at the things you're not good at. Because yeah. it made me, I was successful, but I was pretty stressed out.
1: Yeah, it's not worth it. So, so it's interesting. And most people who know, know me know that at Terminus, I'm, I'm one of the co-founders of Terminus. And we have grown and we're like 250 people plus, like we're doing really well. And But I'm not the CEO type. Like it, the, the operation stuff is just not my gig. So my board and my A- Xbox, Tim Cop is now the CEO of Terminus. And he's like, oh my God, it's like there's... I have so much joy about him being the CEO because he is doing so many great things that I don't think I, I would be able to do anywhere close to that. And on top of that, it allows me to be me, which is do these type of interviews, bring new ideas to to, to the group, uh, write books, go speak. Like that's where I enjoy build community and bring people together. So it almost feel like accidentally or so, uh, it, it did, I did go through almost like a, an year long personal therapy of guilt, uh, yep. feeling almost ashamed, almost let like let down, like maybe I let down my family, let down my team. I went through all of these personal emotions. Like I'm not smart enough. I'm not good enough to, it took me one year of full. So you are one year too late to bring this assessment to me, Pat, because <laughs> that would have saved me some time and heartburn in that process.
0: Well, you know, it's funny. So Cody, who who is one of the f- four people that that really help develop this. And he, he and I are both the same Myers-Briggs types. We're called the ENFP for people in the Myers-Briggs, but he would always feel bad that I was inventive. And he goes, why am I, we're both ENFPs. Well, what's wrong with me? Do I watch too much TV? Am I just like, do I, do I listen to too many podcasts? I'm not inventing new things. Why does Pat do that? We did this. He's not an inventive. He's invention. Isn't one of his geniuses, but galvanizing is. Mm-hmm. And galvanizing isn't mine. So we said, so now we go to meetings and he's like, okay, Pat, take the lead on invention. Yeah. I'll help discern and galvanize this. Yes. And so it's allowed him not to feel that guilt because he felt the same way.
1: Yeah. I you can see You could celebrate, yeah.
0: celebrate other people more.
1: I, I love that. All right. So we're getting a lot of people sharing, like Amy, she's saying she's a strong wonder, discernment equal where, but I will again encourage everybody to use the promo code FLIP and, and actually go and do the assessment because. I was borderline thinking maybe I'm more on the wonder side and wonder is high. Like I would go, I would all say, what if, but then I want to quickly get to a framework. Like, you know, you know, I have people around me know that I would uh, like flip my funnel is a framework team that we wrote in ABM is B2B is a framework. There's, there's this, like, I think in frameworks, like that's the way I think. So, so. Yeah, and, the,
0: I and, the, and the woman who just wrote and said, she's a wonderer and a discerner. Yeah. In fact, my son and his girlfriend were were doing college apps in my office last night, and they're both the same type. That's Amy, W and D. So they they they're deep thinkers, and they like to consider things, and they're really good at curating and 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 assessing and judging things. But just because, but the, and then she's like, but I don't necessarily do things the way that follow the instructions and respond right away. That's okay. Now there are there times in life when Amy has to be practice enablement? Absolutely. Yeah. But that doesn't mean she should one, feel guilty of the fact that shit's not natural for her or to put herself in a job where she has to do that all the time. Uh, so I, love I, love I, love I love these individual examples.
1: Yeah. It's, it's great. Like Jay he said, he was, he's like, Hey, this is what he thinks he is. He's like, he's literally going through it very similar to what I think the top two invention and galvanizer. So, oh, that's, so that's, let's do
0: Jay's really fast. Yeah. So Jay, he loves invention and galvanizing like you. And discernment, so he's really good at that part, but wonder is really low, so what he needs to do is say, "Am I inventing things and getting people moving really quickly? Should I slow down a little and get bring somebody in who's a wonderer and spend a little bit more time up front making sure I'm not inventing around a problem that's not the right problem?
1: Oh, you know? that is so good it's all this would actually go back to almost every new founder that I talk who has this idea. Or she has that idea and say, "Hey, we need to go, and we, I need to do this." And I would always ask them, "What problem are you solving? How big is the problem right. and, and they would like, "Well, you no, know, we don't know. We think it's a really big problem, and, and they're really passionate about it. They're like ready to go. they believe in it. they're ready to put heart, you know everything into it, but they've never taken the time to look at it, the market. Is, is this a problem that we need to solve? Is there a big enough market? Exactly. I love that. Okay, well, we keep going here. Okay, Courtney, oh, I love that Courtney's here. She is one of the leadership groups here in Atlanta, but Lewis Leadership, um, really awesome. So she has already taken this uh, this assessment. So she's saying, after taking this assessment, how you then uh, work through adjusting or right-sizing the role you're in to maximize fulfillment and productivity, uh, it will look different in different organizations, yep. but will the book and your assessment Uh, help an employee start that process. I'm assuming she hasn't done it yet, but she's kind of thinking. Yeah, so it's interesting. So there's the assessment,
0: which is the quantitative part. Then there's the report you get back, which is qualitative. That part will help you do that. It'll say like, so think about this. Think about your geniuses. Think about the geniuses of the other people in your organization. Teams in 15 or 20 minutes after they sit down and look at this, immediately go, well, it would make sense if I did that and you did that. Like earlier on, we were talking about like, so what do you want to do in your career? And people say marketing. And it's like, yeah, okay, great. But, but you're an inventor galvanizer. That's a very different marketing person than an enablement tenacity. Yeah. And so if Courtney, if you guys go through and do this, the book isn't out yet. And the book is going to be about more understanding it holistically and the nuances of it. The report itself will get you started. And it's almost impossible not to start using this to reorganize your work and your team. Um, because it becomes very apparent. It's like, so what does your job entail? Well, I have to go out to salespeople and get them excited about this. Do you like doing that? Oh, no, I, I dread every time I do that. And somebody <laughs> else goes, oh, I love doing that. Yeah. And it, it, it makes it so much easier to organize for productivity, morale, and, uh, and better team, you know, cohesiveness.
1: Uh, I love that man. This this actually uh, goes right into Christine's question. Uh, Christine, um, she's also an incredible marketer. Like people should follow her if uh, if you know Christine. She's a great marketer. Has a lot of great ideas. Um, she's question for you is: Can you address how companies should or should not implement this type assessment across larger teams?
0: You know what I love about this? Like I love the Myers Briggs. I'm a junkie for all these things. But this one is the most practical and applied to real work. It's and, and as a result, it's not quite as dangerous. It's like when people say, well, I'm an ENFP, therefore it's there's a lot
1: of leaps. Yeah, you I mean, I don't even understand, even though I know I don't really fully understand. OK, what does that mean Yeah. for you and me to have this conversation? We'll have to pull out a 40 page assessment to have conversation every single time. If we Exactly. Like this one goes from realization to application
0: very quickly, and and it doesn't feel dangerous at all. In fact, everybody feels like, oh, gosh, I'm so glad people know that I do that against the grain, and it's painful for me, or nobody's tapping into that. This is one of – I think companies can do this very safely and quickly – and, and they also have to recognize, hey, people can do things that they're not gifted at sometimes for a short period of time. Right. But why in the world would we want them to have to do that all the time? So I think what I wouldn't do is, is vote people off the bus based on this. You should always get people on the bus based on their fit for the culture yeah. and the values. This is about getting them – Jim
1: Collins talks about getting them in the right seat on the bus. I love that. I love that. All right. So they're like – Tons of other questions and comments. So we're not going to be able to get to all it. Let me just share again. Uh, if you go to workinggenius.com and use the promo code FLIP, you can go and get the assessment at a pretty awesome discount. So, th- so that's that's a huge thing. Let me have, I'm going to share maybe the top three things I got from this conversation, Pat. And I'd love for you to share people with people a challenge that, that they need to think about. And again, there's also, uh, I have the link from Cody on this one, I will share the link. There is a I believe you're doing a full presentation on it at the end of the month, right? That that's going through all October this 30th at 10
0: a.m. Pacific time. We're gonna be doing a live speech, like a keynote speech with a with an audience of people that are all COVID-19 friendly. <laughs> and yeah. um and we're gonna be broadcasting that to anybody for free. And yeah. so you can sign up for that and uh, we'd love to have it. We, we, we hope to have a lot of people at that event.
1: Yeah. I'm, I'm putting a comment in there so people can get it uh, as an email. Uh, but, but again, if you are in peak, you will get an email from me afterwards. That, so few things, you said something in the, in the very beginning that just made me, made me like, yes, I'm glad somebody said it. You said, you're not meant to live in, in this with all of these things. And I think it was like, it's like, I went through this, I said a year long, like self-realization of like, oh my God, it's, it's not that I'm not good at this. It's like, I'm great at this. It's a big mindset different that I had to go. It's not that I'm, I'm giving up, I'm letting go of these things so I can focus on the things that I'm good at. It it was a life-changing process for me into just realizing and changing the mindset. So I can only believe that if anybody's listening to this and thinking that, well, that, I mean, I'm, I'm just not fitting in the team. I'm not right place at the right time. I feel like my ideas are not getting heard, or whatever it is. It's like, well, it's not meant to be like that. You're meant to be in a place where you're you're worth. You have an intrinsic value as a person, and and the gifts that you have, people should actually love that about you and know that about you. So it's a, it's a self awareness in many level.
0: Absolutely, it's a it's a it's a relief to know it about yourself, and it's a relief that other people understand you as well.
1: Oh, so much. The second part is that. Um, you said that we need to stop judging people for what they do or they don't do. And I think that's a really, really interesting part is like, I do feel find myself is like, well, that person just, you know, just doesn't want to move as fast as I do. Wow. Right. And, and it's like, it just makes me sometimes feel like maybe they, they're not that smart enough or they're just not, they don't have the energy to go around it. They don't, feel as, as well as I do. Maybe they have doubts about me or the idea or whatever. It's all these things that are going through my head that I never verbalized, but I feel that. And I'm clearly judging the person. And only if I would know that now, they actually are enabler. They're waiting. They're waiting for me to actually formalize it, discern it and, and start getting to that level. You know, we, we, we've hired
0: people and been frustrated at them because we, we, we staffed them wrong. So Liam and Matthew, my son, joined our company literally the time when this came out. We had given them the job offer six months before because they're really good fits for our culture. And then we said, what are we going to have them do? And up until that time, we thought, I don't know, we'll assign them to a product, to a project. When we did their genius, we said, Matt, you, you're great at discernment and enablement. You're gonna work on this project. And so he's yeah. been one of the developers of this. He yeah. has been doing fantastic because it suits his gifts. Yeah. Liam is a is a galvanizer, tenacity person. He's been on a project that requires him to get people moving and inspire people. And he's done well. Had we swapped them, Sangram, I love them both. Of course, I love my son more. They <laughs> would not have had the same level of a success. Yeah. And we may have very well have doubted them. Yes. And it's so wonderful to be able to say, and now I look at my 14 year old and I know what his are and I look at schoolwork for him and I think, oh, he's not naturally suited for this. So I sit down with him. I say, Michael, I know you don't like this. You're going to need to do some of this to get through school. I know that it's not your gift. Let's figure out a way to lean into your gifts and let's not put all of your eggs in one basket. Don't think that this is how I value
1: you as a human being. I love that. And, and this is why I feel in Europe, when I read this, it's like every, if you're a student, if you're looking for a job, especially wow. if you're looking for a job, if you're unhappy at your job, you're, you're feeling just, you know, not valued or just having the, I think you should just do yourself a favor and, and go and do this assessment because it will relieve off the, the favorite word of all is the guilt around why is this not working the way $12 and 50 cents. You know, I don't know
0: to to have the insights into your career and yourself, no matter how old you are, it's so wonderful to go. Oh yeah. Yeah. This is what I should be doing. And this is why I've been successful or this is why I've struggled. It's we, we just want the whole world to understand this about themselves. I love this. I love this. All
1: right, Pat, as we finish off uh, again, I would be use flip as your promo code. If you go to working genius, that's how you get uh, the assessment. I don't make any money on it. If it's, I really love this. That's why I'm, I'm, I'm helping get the word out. And two, uh, there is a, I'll send the link again to the event that is on Table Group where you're doing the whole keynote. I want to watch it. You're doing it for free, which is like ridiculously awesome. So people should go check it out. Uh, Pat, share a, 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 an action item for people. Like do, like what should they do beyond doing the go and do the assessment and all these things. Like what is something they can do? So I want people to, to do this
0: and to understand one another's um, geniuses and frustrations and working competencies. And I want you to go celebrate other people's geniuses. Just go figure out what other people and you go, I love that about you. Do you realize how your enablement genius or your invention genius or your galvanizing genius and just pour into somebody and say, you really are shine the light on their gifts and then do something humbling. And that's, shine the light on your frustrations in relief and say <laughs> isn't it crazy how i don't like celebrate the fact that you know that there's things that that you've always wondered why you weren't good at them and and that it makes sense
1: yeah and
0: and that will raise people up it'll take away your guilt and again, that it, it speaks to that whole less guilt, less judgment, more celebrating people and more leaning into our geniuses.
1: I love that. Celebrate. Celebrate this thing. Uh, it, it's freedom. So, that again, thank you so much. Uh, thank you to Cody and Liam and everybody in your studio. And Matthew, uh, he's been really good sending me the assessment and all. He's been on top of everything. So, no doubt you're, you're proud of him. Uh, it, it's been a fantastic conversation and honestly, very eye-opening. It's I remember the conversation, I'll end with this. The the conversation we had last year where we sat down for three hours or so and you were on a whiteboard, you were visibly frustrated. Like you were visibly frustrated with the things around it. And as you said, you were moderately being frustrated. I think you were visibly frustrated because I think you were trying to be a galvanizer at that moment, you were trying to do it. And that's not who you are. So like, it just makes so much sense.
0: Yeah, isn't that funny? And we had no idea what was coming. Thank God.
1: There you go. So God has a great purpose for this book and uh, for you. So Pat, God bless you. Thank you so much for doing this with me. And uh, we'll be in touch. To you too. Thanks, everybody. All right. Thanks, everybody.
0: You've been listening to the Flip My Funnel podcast. To make sure that you never miss an episode, subscribe to the show in your favorite podcast player. If you have an iPhone, we'd love for you to open the Apple Podcasts app and leave a review. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time.